listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 So RJ with Tua set to make his first ever NFL start this weekend for the Miami Dolphins. The question becomes, where was he stack up in the Vegas straight out of Vegas draft and redraft of these quarterbacks taken in the first round of 2020? And here's the frame to this debate or decision. You don't know as much about Tua. What we know is that the collective IQ of the NFL world said Tua was better than Herbert and Burrow was better than Tua. Now, how much of Tua... And by the way, Jonas, you've seen the, the, the great movie Scent of a Woman with Al Pacino, right? Oh, man. I, remember, I he, remember, he's the Marine. He's a blind Marine, and he goes, uh, he was always go, ooh-ah! That was like his kind of, you know, the Marine saying. I haven't seen that one now. Oh, wow. That's like, mm. that is such a, that won the Oscar. I was like, it just shows you that generation gap. It was early <laughs> 90s. So, Fez last night, we were on the podcast we do once a week, and he was talking about Tua, but he kept saying, Tua. And it was like, what are you saying? <laughs> now, you, you think he might be cool trying to do, no, he thought it was pronounced. So, you thought, how did you think it was pronounced? Tua. <laughs> I mean, like, who have you ever heard say it like that? I just think about trying to pronounce the last name. I get screwed up on the first. <laughs> so, so, so just you're so scared yes. of the last name that you just that's almost like like blurt out the first one. Tua. What about Giannis? Uh, does does the last name for Giannis uh, scare you, Fez? Or well, he just says Greek free. Very okay, nice, Antitoko Umpo. <laughs> uh, you know, he he's got a computer helping him there. So what we know is, we're straight out of Vegas, is we don't know how good Tua is going to be. We got an idea about Burrow. We got an idea about Herbert. And this is the way life is. You have imperfect information, and sometimes you have to make a decision with less information. And you got to, that uncertainty is built in. So, Fez, we're doing the draft. Let's go three to one, Casey Kasem style. Who would be your third pick? And remember, this is Tua, Herbert, Burrow. Number three, Tua. Just too much uncertainty about how he's going to perform with some good data on both the other quarterbacks. I'm sorry, what's his name? Tua. Okay, Tua. Number three. So we were tanking for Tua not that long ago, and now he's last. Yes. Who's number two? Number two, going to go Herbert. Herbert is two. Wow. And you grew up in the Dayton area, right? I did. <laughs> and you're a big, uh, I mean, you don't have fandom. I mean, you're a fan of Benjamin and Alexander Hamilton. And I'm not talking about any plays. But the fact of the matter is, you think Burrow is the guy to have. I'm going to put my stock in all the NFL draft experts. I understand. Well, but hold on a second. The NFL draft experts thought Tua was better than Burrow, except for the injury. The reality is that injury is no longer a concern. So if we want to go NFL draft experts, then maybe your third place pick should be number one. Well, the draft experts picked them fifth and sixth, so they're really close. Well, but what I'm saying is fifth and sixth, Herbert and Tua, based upon massive uncertainty about the health of Tua. Yes. Would we agree the fact they're starting him now at a time that feels premature, or Fitzpatrick was the seventh QBR, best QBR in the league, right? Yes. So to sit him means that we have no doubt Tua's healthy. Yes. So now that with that uncertainty removed, 
a lot of people, I mean, Jonas, wouldn't you say the consensus was, even with Burroughs, and we're just talking this very specifically, is if Tua were 100% healthy, no questions, he probably would have went over Burrow. Yeah, depending on who was picking. I always felt that Cincinnati was taking Burrow no matter what, but that was because only Because of the, the hometown connection. Yeah, it t- sells tickets, and that ended up not mattering this year because of what went down with COVID. But, yeah, if it was any other team picking at the top of the draft and Tua were healthy, I vast majority said Tua was the guy. So, Fez, your whole logic actually inverts your picks. Yeah, the the Tua being you're healthy. Not conv- you're not convincing me. I'm. I think you bring up a good point. The Tua is healthy now. I do think there are still some long-term concerns. Is he going to become injury prone down the road? I think that's still out there. Jonas, so Fezic, it, meant, it might not be clear, but number one was Joe Burrow, his hometown boy. Mm-hmm. Number two, Herbert. Number three, Tua. Jonas. All right, do you want the Casey Kasem countdown or the Steve Fezzik You know, you're a professional broadcaster. I'm going to defer to you. All right, number three, I'm going to go Tua. I would take Tua third. And then number two, I'll go Burrow. And then I've got Herbert number one. Oh, we got a dispute. I tend to agree with Jonas. Now, let's be clear. This could be a complete different selection process decision in two weeks, literally two weeks, we could say, oh, we now see this in Tua. Perhaps Herbert turns the other. With this small sample size, it's so up in the air. But isn't it interesting that literally 12 months ago, we were tanking for Tua, or yeah, I guess, and at that time, Joe Burrow maybe would have been sneaking up to the second round because entering last year, fifth rounder was the consensus. And then in that short time, Burrow's number one on physics, number two on Jonas's. And I will say this, Herbert, I believe, in fact, I think it's certain is the right pick here, and here's why. Herbert has all of the measurables like he was one of those almost Frankenstein like quarterbacks where you could say like well he was built you know uh almost like Marinovich way back in the day though not that extreme but the idea that oh his height prototypical his arm Mm. strength prototypical his mind a very bright mind prototypical but there's something missing that was the kind yes. of the narrative. Is it grit? Is it fire? Is it what? And you could just see a lifetime of the Veni Testaverde type. If only he could get it together, or Jeff George, or we can go back. I mean, we could make the case with, um, I mean, Trubisky to some degree, though not as prototypical. Um, I'm having a mental block. The Be- I got him out of my mind. The Bears quarterback that uh, always had a frown on his face before. Jay Cutler. Cut- yeah. Yeah. Cutler, remember, <laughs> Cutler was taken, if I'm not mistaken, it was Shanahan still at the time, but taken by Denver, and they traded up for him. So, you know, this was a, and every year, it's like, finally, he wants to retire, and it's like, no, you're still 6'5", we still want you to try, and another stinker of a year. <laughs> yes. he, he, he packs his $22 million extra and walks away. I give him credit, but it felt like that could have been Herbert, and you know what? All those questions have been answered. Agreed. So now what you're left with 
is all of the characteristics, all of the traits, and he's proven it on the field. How can little hands burrow, little tiny flipper hands burrow, potentially compete with that? Wow, you know, maybe I'm just valuing that that draft way too much because a Herbert has been awesome, number 12 quarterback in QBR right now. And you've got Herbert higher than Burrow. Yeah, 15th. So think about that. One of them is better now, and the other one was supposed to be QB ready. So it's like, if he's better already, Herbert, by the stats, and he's got better skills, why in the heck? Would, and he's got a better organization. No doubt. One of the things, if you talk to somebody who says, I may have missed on Herbert, I didn't anticipate him being this good, is that that Oregon offense and the system that he was asked to play in, they were playing really outside of his strengths. And so nobody could get a really good gauge because they looked at it and said, "Uh, I don't know if that's going to work at the next level. He's got all the talent in the world. I'm not sure. And then he got to the Senior Bowl. And then when they saw him at the Senior Bowl – the thoughts of this may be the real deal at the next level started to pop up. So some of that was just the system at Oregon, maybe not playing to all his strengths all the way around. I agree, Jonas. And I also think that's what makes drafting so interesting. If you look at like Love and you could say his stats were horrible his last year relative to his year before, but it was like, oh, there's a new OC. There's a you got to account for it. This isn't perfect information. If it was, you could just put it in a computer. And that's what's fun is when it's not purely objective, but there's some subjectivity. Here's the question. This is it. The culmination of this debate. Who would you rather have, Jonas? Faz, I think, has already backed off his burrow. Who would you rather have, Herbert or Kyler Murray? Oh, geez. Oh, look, his face. He's got, like, consternation. I'll take Herbert. Ooh. Yeah, I'm going to go with Herbert. I mean, this is the guy that was MVP talk about. Yeah. I agree 100%. I mean, he's still 5'8". He's still 5'8". What do you think, Fez? I'll take Murray. And I just think he can do so many things that most quarterbacks can't. And maybe I'm a little biased having just watched him single-handedly beat Seattle. But he's playing great. Well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tease this for the next. When does Clemson play Notre Dame this week or next week? I'm not following uh, colleges. As, I, I think it. it might, uh, I think it's later on. I don't. Believe you can tell this is an NFL <laughs> show right here. Now, what? What? I'm, November seventh. It, it is November seventh. Okay, so next week. All right, I'm going to tease this for next week. Is next week I'm going to make the case that everybody is wrong about. The Clemson quarterback. I truly believe this is, and it's so funny. I heard Tannenbaum, the former Jets GM, on one of the Ringer podcasts, and he was talking about how, yes, he remind you know uh, Trevor Lawrence reminds me of Andrew Luck, and I'm like, is that supposed to be good or bad? Because he was making it out supposed to be good, and then he actually mentioned Vinny Testaverde. It's like. I'm not sure you're making the case you want to make right here because one of those guys that's got all the tools but mm, feels like something's missing. You might say, RJ, what do you think's missing? If you look at his stats against the good teams, ooh, not good. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. 
All right, so it is a battle in the AFC North this weekend. It's the Steelers at the Ravens. And right now on pregame.com, as we gear up for another edition of Crossfire, it is Baltimore minus three and a half. When you hear that music, you know Fezzik's doom is just around the corner. I'm going to let him go first. All right, I like Baltimore in this game. When the season started, Baltimore was supposed to win 11 and a half games. Pittsburgh nine and a half. So Baltimore was clearly the better team in the summer line. Baltimore how many, was. How many were the Cowboys supposed to win? Ten. Uh, okay. And the summer line on this game was That's Baltimore. That's not you off, is it? Was Baltimore minus seven? It might. So what has Baltimore done so far? I'd say they've met expectations. They're four. Really? They're four and two. Really interesting. So expectations was to have the greatest embarrassment of any I mean they were embarrassed unlike any Super Bowl contender what is the worst loss of a Super Bowl contender this year Baltimore okay getting destroyed but, by Kansas even though they only lost by 14 and their most recent game correct me if I'm wrong the Eagles had a two-point conversion to tie them yes hung on that, to win. that was meet expectation okay now we know what that means well they're four they have four uh, wins well, by double digits easy covers well that's what they do well easy covers really what was the washington line they won by 20. Uh, oh 20 was it i think you may want to look by 14 met expectations oh. well what was it hold on a second mckenzie what was the line on that game close 14. okay so they don't meet expectations Meet expectations mean that you've done what you're supposed to do. Did they get paid? Did they cover? Nope. If you bet on them, you did not get any money That's for it. That's a good it. point. 3-2-1-1. One, one. So, so everything you're saying is just getting dismantled. 3-2-1-1 against the spread, so I don't think we should be downgrading. Except the lo- every loss and every win is not created equal. I agree with that. They, But all their wins have been by 14 or more points. Yeah, because they beat up on bad teams. Yes. What's their most impressive win? Cleveland. Oh, wow. I mean, against Baker? No way. Continue. All right. Now, Pittsburgh, they're 6-0. and You want to just give up? No, that comes after your rebuttal. <laughs> uh, and Pittsburgh started out with three games that weren't all that impressive. Beat the Giants by 10, Denver by 5, Houston oh, yeah, by 7. Going on the road on Monday night and just winning in a game in which there's no chance they could have lost. They just had the game from start to finish. is not impressive enough for you. But somehow the Eagles against the Ravens was. Go ahead. So, bottom line is, I've upgraded Pittsburgh, but I've only upgraded them two points from the beginning of the year, and maybe that's no, where everybody, my mistake Everybody is. understands that yes. you think this. Telling us about your upgrade doesn't tell us anything. Why? Because Explain to me why Pittsburgh isn't being upgraded significantly. Because I'm a big believer in the Pittsburgh off or the defense that's playing at a really high level, mm-hmm. but Big Ben, who I expected to be improving week after week, he's gotten slightly better, but he's still not meeting Imagine my I'm expectations of what I want to see. judging you. I mean, it, is what the Steelers are doing is insufficient. The only team in the NFL, the only team that's undefeated, that's not good enough for you. Well, still, the Big Ben only has to do better. He's still number 23 in QBR. So. Well, I, I understand that I taught you about QBR, but it's like the idea, maybe you should, it's not about how good the quarterback is, it's about how good the offense is. And how good is Pittsburgh's offense? 13, 12, 11. And what's been the trend line on the Pittsburgh offense? Up, because Claypool has really messed well with Big Ben. So when you well look at the Big season ben. stats, they actually are disadvantageous to Pittsburgh's offense. Yes. Because they're getting better. Yes. And even with the season stats, you've got about the 12th best offense and maybe the second or third best defense. Yes. So... If you look at the Ravens, the Ravens have a worst offense statistically and a worst defense. Correct or not? 
Yes. So you're saying home field advantage is one and a half at this point. The Ravens are laying four, but somehow you're going to lay four with the worst offense and the worst defense. And with Harbaugh off a bye, so good spot for Baltimore. That's that's what you got your hanging your hat on. I've got the better offense, the better defense, the undefeated team, and you've got Harbaugh's off a bye. <laughs> I think the nation knows what to do. Jonas, you should have called. Th- <laughs> it should have been like a Rocky Ford throwing the towel. I mean, I did. I'm not going to say if he dies, he dies, but I could. I mean, he's been Fez has been red hot in his, on his seven picks lately. Last two, I weeks. know. <laughs> I, I'm trying to rattle him a little bit. Straight out of Vegas. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. So, RJ, week eight in the NFL kicks off in about 90 minutes from now. It's an NFC South battle, the Falcons at the Panthers. And right now on pregame.com, Carolina, a one and a half point favorite. You can have two pieces of information on a game, two factors, the point in opposite directions. That's what we have here, Faz. On one hand, the Atlanta Falcons, in your opinion, are underrated. Why? Because Atlanta's record is 1-6. and six, But amazingly, RJ, Atlanta had three games at the end of the game. They had a 96% plus chance of winning, and they e- lost all the three. Each, each of, the- of the games, 99% against Dallas and it's just crazy that they lost all three of those games. This team really should have at least three wins, yet they're sitting at one and six. Okay, so there's a concept called the Pythagorean wins, which says if you look at your margin of victory, how many games should you have won and your margin of defeat? And of all the teams in the NFL, the Falcons have the most plus wins that they should have had. Actually, exactly 2.0 is what the Pythagorean method says. So I agree, Atlanta underrated. But you believe Carolina also underrated. Yeah, Carolina underrated because let's talk continuity. In a COVID year, we we explained how early in the year we want to go against teams with new coaching staffs, new quarterbacks, and a turnover of starters. And that's exactly what we had across the board with Carolina. So Carolina starts 0-2 straight up and against the spread. Since then, with more continuity, they're playing much better 4-1 and against the spread. And you think the current market is accounting for them blending their whole season stats? Yes. And that's the thing. NFL is a short season, so it's hard to start to chop up the season. But when you have a clear trend line, you have to take it seriously. I also believe this. The whole Raheem Morris upgrade, I don't think it exists at this point. You know why? Because he screwed up against the Lions. (laughs) Yes. Whatever you want to say about the running back going in, Gurley, They didn't need to run the ball. It was a mistake. Fez, you have a best bet on a prop. 45 seconds. Go. Julio Jones over 75 reception yards. I love this prop over, and here's why, RJ. Julio's been averaging 93 for the year. But he played two games where he was compromised with a hamstring injury. Isn't he still compromised? No. His last two games, he got 97 and he got 137 and he looks fully at 100%. And I don't believe the odds makers are taking that into consideration. Julio over 75 pass yards. Okay, I'm skeptical. He seems to be hurt all the time. And maybe the wind ends up blowing in a way that upsets him or makes his hamstring hurt. I will say to favor your over on Julio, the weather was supposed to be questionable. 
the total now is the weather's cleared up and the total's up to almost 50, well, 52 in some spots. So, in general, the weather isn't the concern we thought coming in, so more scoring is likely. Right out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. <laughs> 